We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America. With author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke says... For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we discuss politics and culture from a conservative perspective, as you know. I'm a conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, and columnist on AmericaOutloud.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, email. Everything's on the website, brooktalksamerica.com. And if you would like to partner with this show and sponsor, be a sponsor to help get this conservative message out, let me know. I am here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk, who's the former Deputy Director for Intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He also served on the White House National Security Council and is currently the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP Chairman. His articles are also on AmericaOutloud.com, which is a great platform. Make sure you check it out. So you know the deal. From hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America, I'll be talking about it. You can also listen to podcasts on my show on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. Also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is also on the show every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Both are on this station, so check those out. I am going to organize a an American Thanks to Truckers rally for the last Saturday in July. Stay tuned on my Facebook page for more information. And if you would like to help with this, let me know. The goal is to have it be a national event to honor our amazing truckers who've done so much during the planned demic and haven't gotten the, you know, in my opinion, the recognition they deserve. So if you have any connections like in the media or anything to get the word out or if, you know, anything like that, just let me know. My article this week is the left's war on America. Who will win? That is the big question, isn't it? I'll be talking about more about how we do that later on in the show. Uh, but just to remember, you know, that's really what's at stake. America itself. It's not hyperbole at all. It's a fact. So check out the article on my website. The book of the month for July is Rules for Radical Conservatives, Beating the Left at Its Own Game to Take Back America. Uh, this book is by David Kahane. This is this book is the conservative rebuttal to the subversion that's in the Saul Alinsky book, Rules for Radicals, which, as you know, or should know, that he dedicated to Satan. Well, guess what? Today, not today, Satan. Okay, you're not going to operate here. So for those who don't know, Obama studied Rules for Radicals and Hillary wrote her thesis on it. So is it any wonder that Democrats booed God at their convention three times, by the way? So the book, the book is very funny, actually, and has really great tips for how to fight back in the culture war that we're in. Now, before we begin, as this is Independence Day, I'd like us to say the Pledge of Allegiance. So if you want to get started, I pledge allegiance to, to the, the flag, flag of the United, United States, States of America, America and, and to, to the, the republic, republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So I have a guest on my show today, uh, John Loudon, who has served as a young Republican club president, young Republican national committee man, and state 
representative and senator. In a university review of the 50 state legislatures, Loudon ranked as Missouri's number one most conservative lawmaker in the decade. Love that conservative or bust. Uh, In addition to a number of business interests, Loudon is the chairman of both the National Citizen Voters Effort as well as Citizen Voters of Florida efforts to amend the Constitution to assure that only citizens get to vote. What a concept, right? And that is what we have him uh, here to talk about today. So welcome to the show, John. Hey, glad to be with you, Brooke. Really, really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Happy Independence Day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, happy Independence Day to you, too. Yeah, yeah can you believe that uh, this is actually a problem uh, that <laughs> right? uh, they're giving? They're, they're actually affirmatively giving all across the country voting rights to non-citizens. And they use this argument, well, shoot, they live here, their kids are in our schools, and so shouldn't they be able to vote in school board elections? Or shouldn't they be able to vote in city councils, council races? And, and uh, of course, you know how the left thinks. They're not drawing the line at, at legal versus illegal uh, residents of these school districts and cities. That's that's where it's, it's starting. If you can imagine, there are 11 municipalities in Maryland, uh, for whatever reason, at yeah. ground zero. But they've done it in San Francisco. They're doing it in New York, Chicago, Maine, um, Portland. Doing all, all across the country in the usual places you'd expect. They're, they're affirmatively giving non-citizens legal voting rights and uh it's it's obviously a problem it's absolutely insane those are their future democrat voters that's what they want so that's why they're doing it and they're testing out the blue states and the blue counties yep and and every state's different but you know most do separate like school district elections from from uh, you know school board elections will be in say you know february or june and municipal elections might overlap, but they also might have special elections for lawmakers. And, and you know, to think that they're worried about making sure. Now, wait a second. You, you can only vote on those, but you can't vote on state people yet. You know that's certainly the next step. Oh, of course. In case you think this is an accident or localized, the very first act of Pelosi as speaker uh, was to pass House Resolution 1, a so-called ethics reform bill. You, your, your listeners might recall hearing about this ethics bill, they called it. That included a provision. It passed on a straight party line vote. Every Democrat voted for it. And it, and it had language in there that any, any political subdivision that's challenged uh, for giving voting rights to non-citizens uh, will be defended by the federal taxpayers. So nice. This is a full commitment, a full court press of the Democratic Party. It's their, it's their issue. Well, I mean, they have to, right? So they're aborting their constituency. They have to import a new constituency. That's what it's all about. I'm just saying that's, that's a fact, right? right? No, yeah. that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as one quick aside on that, you know, one uh, good news out of COVID, I was uh, telling my wife, Dr. Gina, I said, look, um, what they're doing here, they're killing their universities, and the university system has become, yes. to the left, it's a massive tool, massive machine, whereby middle-class uh, people send their hard-earned dollars to these universities and pay leftists who live well uh, to convert their kids to little leftists and, and look at the Santifa stuff. And, and there was a state rep candidate up in, I believe, Minnesota, where his 18-year-old daughter went off and became a little arrogant, little lefty. 
uh, and uh, said, you know, for the love of God, don't vote for my dad. I mean, it's oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, most yeah, of them do. Rush talks about this all the time. Is he's got all these friends and they're super conservative, and then when they go away to these schools that they pay for, they come back and they're crazy. Yeah, exactly. So here's what we do. Let's seize the uh, COVID and, and uh, let's let's have uh, federal support if anybody wants to do college online from home and not spread COVID. Yeah. How many kids do you think are going to spend four years doing women's studies alone <laughs> in their bedroom? You know, they, they, they can't be polluted when they're through a computer screen as quickly as they can by these lefty professors and hanging out at the, at the bars. Well, and and trying to impress all the lefty friends, so yeah. let's let's take the COVID opportunity and have uh, have lots more people studying online and getting real degrees that uh, can actually get them jobs. Well, I think you'll actually see this, and this is the crazy thing: is that the American taxpayer, like I don't have kids, but think about this. So you work all day to pay taxes to send. To, to pay taxes for teachers, you send your kids to schools to have those teachers teach them to hate you and the country, and you pay for it. Yeah. I mean, it's the best exactly. gig going. There's a woman, yeah. uh, I don't know yeah. if you watch Tucker Carlson show, there's a woman that has sure. this stupid yeah. book, White Fragility. She gets paid $6,000 oh, yeah. an hour to teach white people that they're racist. I mean, that's, a, yeah. that's like next level yeah. hoodwinking right there. It's crazy. So you're right. Hoodwinking is exactly right. Yeah, it's exactly sad. Right. So it's sad, you know. That's, that's an aside, but but the good news is that Citizen Voters is a national campaign effort, and it and all it does, it's so beautifully simple. The the technical language in the U.S. Constitution, Florida Constitution, and most state constitutions, the verbiage says all citizens are electors, which is you know the technical term. You are electing. Uh, people to uh, represent you. Um, it doesn't say that non-citizens are not electors. Oh. And so so all we're doing is we're changing the word all citizens to only a citizen. So it's a simple three-word change. Only a citizen is an elector. It's so simple, um, but it gets the job done. Um, we were the first amendment to qualify uh, first petition campaign. We got so we we set a record. I believe we had almost 1.8 million signatures. So we'll we will be Amendment One on your November ballot for Florida. And uh, yeah, and I, I encourage people to go to citizenvoters.vote to uh, track uh, Florida and maybe the state that you moved to Florida from before. See <laughs> what they talk right. to your friends back there. Um, we're on the ballot in Colorado. Uh, Alabama, we're working on uh, Georgia, the Carolinas. So we're trying to get this on as uh, many states as we can this year. We passed it in North Dakota in 2016. And the beauty of that was, uh, excuse me, 2018, the beauty of that was it, a it passed. We spent, yet we spent very little money and passed handily 66% of the vote. And the the uh, Heidi Heitkamp was running for reelect as a Democrat senator up there. She ducked the issue. She did not want to talk about this issue because the extreme left loves it. In other words, her base and the middle. A majority of Democrats think you have to be a citizen to vote. 
Yeah, uh, no, it, that... it, it crosses every demographic. It's, yes. They're so wacky and so out on a limb on this issue. Send me that we're running short on time. Send me the links and I'll put them up on the Facebook page and then we can have you back at a, at a future date to talk about this. But this is so sure. important. So this is something that's an action item. We'll put it on the Facebook page and you can get involved and make sure that this happens. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, John, and have a great rest of your day with your family. All right. Thanks so much, Brooke. You too. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. And you are listening to Brooke Talks America. I am Brooke Says, your host with Colonel Jim, and we will be right back. America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America on this beautiful Independence Day 2020. I am your host, Brooke Says, here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. We're on AM860, The Answer. Make sure you check out the Facebook page, Twitter. Email me if you have any questions. Go to the website Brook Talks America to read all the latest columns. And you know, we want to get into a little politics before we get to our wonderful Independence Day celebration coming up. So you absolutely want to listen for that. Really beautiful songs and speeches. Um, So in the explosive news of the week, you have to have heard about this unless you were under a rock. Uh, Epstein, right? I don't know what's going on with him, but um, I don't even actually believe that he's dead, but whatever. Uh, So his sex trafficking fixer, Ghislaine Maxwell, was arrested in New Hampshire, and according to the rumors, she's actually willing to name names. She must know that she's in, like, serious trouble. I don't even know why she was here, actually. Uh, There's some questions about that, but um, I, I do understand that Gloria Allred is her attorney, so that should be interesting. I think Prince Andrew is also getting ready to disappear somewhere. And of course, immediately after we heard about the arrest, every single person in America, including probably Democrats, said to themselves, I hope she doesn't get the Clinton treatment, and you know what that means. Uh, And also the word Clinton started trending on Twitter. It should be quite a show. We'll be talking about that more as the details become available. I just have to say, I hope the guards don't fall asleep again, though. Right? (laughs) Maybe with All Red involved, she'll actually survive. On a different note, Trump was right about the statues, huh? So check out this clip as a reminder. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now are we going to take down his statue? So remember how the media and the Democrats mocked him, right? As with most things, he was proven right and they look stupid. Also, CNN had to admit that hydroxychloroquine saved many lives, perhaps more than anything else, and they probably didn't want it to work because it was cheaper than what Big Pharma wanted to get. But uh, remember how they lost their minds about Trump taking it and then talking about it? Also remember, the Democrats 
how they destroyed their sister, Democrat Representative Witsit, simply for thanking Trump for helping save her life. This is how they do, right? She, all she did was be grateful that she was alive, and they censured her. So it's almost like they didn't want the hydroxychloroquine to work and have more people die. Okay, I said it. Uh, another issue that's becoming ever more of a problem in America is the censoring of free speech and one of its byproducts, which is cancel culture, uh, which you're probably seeing in the media now and, and on uh, social media. And you also probably heard the president talk about it la last night in his amazing speech at Mount Rushmore. And how beautiful is this country? Seriously, the natural landscape of this country is just breathtaking. You don't have to travel abroad travel here in America. Um, and I'll reiterate the question that from one of my recent articles, where the hell are the elected Republicans? Tucker is going to take them on in a bit with a couple of clips that I have. But here's the awesome Molly Hemingway speaking with Steve Ducey. Uh, she's from The Federalist, detailing some of the efforts to stop the centering of spe free speech, especially on college campuses. You can see all of that happening with these protesters harassing Americans. Keep in mind, as we spoke about earlier with John, this madness is being taught and funded with your tax dollars, no less. So, and that's from grade school to college, and they, that's why they want pre-K, so that they can get your kids under that. So it needs to be defended, and the whole education system needs to be reformed stat. So here's a clip. You see a connection between what we have been witnessing on America's campuses over the last couple of years and what we are seeing on America's streets regarding these protests and sometimes violence. Well, absolutely. And not just the past couple of years, but really in recent decades, it has just gotten steadily worse at universities where uh, young adults are not taught how to argue or debate. They are not taught uh, basic principles of the American founding. They are instead taught essentially to hate their country and to hate a lot of the ideals that we have. And this is spilling out into the streets and um, and there is a clear connection between what is happening nationwide with these right. colleges. 17 states have already passed free speech requirements for their for their uh, universities, but four states are now considering this intellectual diversity um, guidance to help their publicly funded universities do a much better job. South Dakota already passed uh, a law governing this. Sure. Molly, I can't tell you how many of my friends sent kids to college, and uh, when the kids would come back, they go, you know, my... my children came back so political I, I didn't see that coming now when you're talking a little bit about how now some states are trying to push back essentially what they're saying is if you want public funding you've got to make the campus quad a free speech zone where you can say anything it's not just one side it's all sides well, and really looking for even more than that. I mean, obviously, universities have not done a good job of protecting free speech. They do not do a good job of protecting due process. They don't have very good hiring decisions. They have faculty who are sort of uniformly in one camp, and they don't have a culture of vibrant debate. That's bad regardless of if you're publicly funded or privately funded. But it's particularly bad when taxpayers are funding this, funding the seeds of their country's own destruction by not having vibrant debate and not having any space where ideas of tolerance can be taught she is so right on that seriously uh and before we take turn it over to jim 
and give a bit of exclusive scoop. You have to listen to the show because he always has exclusive scoop. He's talking about exactly why Brennan went after Flynn. Uh, as I mentioned, Tucker's show has been number one and growing. And after this is even after the left and that little Lilliputian David Brock is trying to go after him. Uh, he's been hammering the Republicans because they're not doing enough, if anything, to fight back and support Trump. Uh, here are the audio clips about this. Republicans at all levels could lose this fall. If they do, there will be profound consequences for you. People who supported Donald Trump will be punished. There's absolutely no question about that. There's never been an American political party as radical and as angry as the Democrats are now. Imagine them with unlimited power, and that's what they plan to get. Remind the Republican Party that it is our only shield. Yes, the Republican Party, flawed and infuriating though it often is, the fact remains the GOP is the only institution still open to the rest of us, to Americans who want to live as they did just 15 years ago, quietly, productively, without being harassed and harangued by self-righteous lunatics who mean them harm, and they do. If you want to be left alone to do your job and raise your family in this country, you will need a protector. That protector must be the Republican Party. There are no other options, but it must be a very different kind of Republican Party. Keep in mind, we're getting a new Republican Party no matter what happens. Even now, vultures wait just off stage to swoop in and claim the GOP for themselves once Donald Trump is gone. Former Governor Nikki Haley tops that list, but there are many others on it. The moment Trump leaves, they will attack him. They'll tell you that Republicans lost power because they were mean and intolerant, just like Donald Trump. And if you listen carefully, you can hear them say that even now. It's a lie. Republicans are failing for a much more obvious reason, a more fundamental reason. They're failing because they haven't done much that is worth doing. They haven't tried very hard to improve your life. When the crisis came, they fled. They did nothing to defend you. They did nothing to defend the country. They were paralyzed. Their so-called principles turned out to be bumper stickers they wrote 40 years ago. They had no clue what to do. So from this day forward, it's very simple. We're going to have to tell them what to do. And that will work. No matter what they may believe privately, politicians respond to organized groups of voters. They want to win above all. So they head to where the votes are. Going forward, Republican voters should demand three things from their candidates. And if they don't provide them, don't vote for them. Here they are. First is vigorous defense of total equality under the law. Second, Republicans must defend our freedom of speech. We are not a free society without that. This is not simply a debate about the First Amendment and its limits. It's bigger than that and more important. If you can't articulate something, if you're not allowed, you can't think it. And that's precisely why authoritarians try to control language. They're trying to control your mind. Republicans should lead the fight against this without shame. And finally, we must never forget that in the end, the Republican Party exists to serve the interests of normal people, ordinary people. Middle class families are the core of this country. They are our hope for the future, our only hope. And yet both parties have shamelessly abandoned them. Middle class families have no national spokesman. They have no lobby in Washington. Republicans pretend to be their champion. You know by now that they are not. Instead of improving the lives of their voters, the party feeds them a steady diet of mindless symbolic victories, partisan junk food designed to make them feel full even as they waste away. 
As all of this happened, Democrats laughed because it served their interests. Republicans basically ignored it. And that cannot continue. The only political movements that endure are the ones that make their voters stronger. So how does this change? Can Republican office holders change their party? Yes, they can. We just have to make them. Our job is to give them clear instructions about what we want. We do that by voting and by making noise. They will not lead us. We know that now. They've refused to. We have to lead. And when we do, they will follow. So he's talking about the National Party, obviously, uh, and he was right on target. I am a Republican. It is a party of great principles, the party of emancipation. But voters expect you to do what you campaign on. You, and that's why I suggest conservatives. Uh, so they need to step up and support the president that we voted for. So, Jim, as I mentioned, give us some of your scoop. Well, Brooke, this is something that most people aren't paying attention to while we and i'm talking about antifa and while we hear the name and we see what they're doing uh we see the demonstrations we see the violence you have to understand what is behind this and you have to really pay attention this is the fact antifa is an um a group that lives off of chaos they orchestrate and implement and execute violence. They are an anarcho-communist Marxist organization. They're not what a lot of people believe, you know, kids sitting in their mother and father's basement, you know, watching video games, you know, playing Xbox. Some of them have been trained in combat situations in Syria. This goes back to 2012 during the Obama administration, and I, and I want to make sure that you really focus on that. They went there for the intent and purpose of gaining combat experience. And while there's not a lot of information out there about it, there's enough information out there when you look into what Antifa is about and to understand what their ideology and where their hierarchy is. One, they are not a loose, uh, unorganized group of misfits. They are organized. The reason that they're claimed to be uh, decentralized and unorganized, that's a ruse to keep people off them. This is the reason why why William Barr, our attorney general, has decided they need to be looked into, they need to be investigated, and then they are doing that, and they've been doing that. It's the reason why President Trump claimed back on around June 2nd that they are going to be uh, listed as a terrorist organization because they have been trained in Syria. They, were, they went to Syria, as I said, in, in starting in 2012. They linked up with what is a group called the YPG, the Kurdish People's Protection Units, which are a Marxist Kurdish organization. And they, are, so they were supported under the Syrian Democratic Forces, the SDF, which was the group started by the Obama administration under Hillary Clinton and John Brennan uh, in 2013 or so to uh, work against the ongoing efforts inside Syria, the civil war. You know, their initial plan was to uh, get rid of Assad. They claim to be fighting ISIS. These people are trained. They've been there. They've been there even when Trump uh, was elected and came into office that that organization continued to go there and a, and a few weeks ago we heard uh Sidney Powell Mike Flynn's uh attorney talk about 
how Mike Flynn was well aware of $2 billion that were run off the books by John Brennan, and it's the reason John Brennan, or one of the reasons John Brennan is after Mike Flynn, is before is for that. So in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking more about this, uh, what's going on with Antifa, how they were trained, and get into some of the details. But I wanted to uh, just give a heads up on this, that this is coming, information is coming out about this. Uh, I'll be writing an article on this, and you'll be able to uh, read it as as Brooke has has uh, promoted it. Uh, this is serious stuff. This is this is what we're looking at uh, in the in the days, weeks, and months coming forward. Well, that's just your little teaser, people. You have to listen and make sure you're listening on the future shows, and also check out the Facebook page. I will be putting the article up there. You are listening to Brook Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says, and we have a different format this week uh, for the special that we're having coming up, and I really hope that you enjoy it. You're listening to us on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Oh, beautiful, heroes proved in liberating strife. Who more than self? Welcome back to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. We're on AM860, The Answer, Salem Media Group, here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. So as we celebrate the 4th of July in, you know, whatever way that you are celebrating it, let's keep our defenders and their families in our hearts and prayers, reminding, always remembering that we're only free because of their service and sacrifice. Uh, and I really hope you enjoy this special presentation of very moving speeches and songs, music from the spectacular, great patriot and beautiful singer Whitney Houston, honoring and celebrating America. I hope that they will stir your soul like they do mine and move you to continue to fight for this magnificent experiment in liberty. And we wish you and yours a happy Independence Day and may God bless America. Of the greatest among the founding fathers 
Dr. Joseph Warren, president of the Massachusetts Congress, said to his fellow Americans, our country is in danger, but not to be despaired of. On you depend the fortunes of America. You are to decide the important question which, upon which rests the happiness and the liberty of millions yet unborn. Act worthy of yourselves. Well, I believe we, the Americans of today, are ready to act worthy of ourselves. Ready to do what must be done to ensure happiness and liberty for ourselves, our children, and our children's children. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule. That government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. We are a nation that has a government, not the other way around. And this makes us special among the nations of the earth. Our government has no power except that granted it by the people. It is made up of men and women who raise our food, patrol our streets, man our mines and factories, teach our children, keep our homes, and heal us when we're sick. Professionals, industrialists, shopkeepers, clerks, cabbies, and truck drivers. They are, in short, we the people. Their patriotism is quiet but deep. Their values sustain our national life. With the idealism and fair play which are the core of our system and our strength, we can have a strong and prosperous America at peace with itself and the world. So with all the creative energy at our command, let us begin an era of national renewal. Let us renew our determination, our courage, and our strength. And let us renew our faith and our hope. It is time for us to realize that we are too great a nation to limit ourselves to small dreams. We will again be the exemplar of freedom and a beacon of hope for those who do not now have freedom. We are a nation under God, and I believe God intended for us to be free. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exist for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington, and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. Our campaign represents a true existential threat, like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. The political establishment has brought about the destruction of our factories and our jobs as they flee to Mexico, China, and other countries all around the world. It's a global power structure 
that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation. And this will be our last chance to save it. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy, but are in fact controlled by a small handful of global special interests rigging the system, and our system is rigged. This is reality. You know it, they know it, I know it, and pretty much the whole world knows it. Let's be clear on one thing. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. They're a political, special interest, no different than any lobbyist or other financial entity with a total political agenda. And the agenda is not for you, it's for themselves. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe. They will lie lie, lie, and then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever is necessary. They knew they would throw every lie they could at me and my family and my loved ones. They knew they would stop at nothing to try to stop me. Nevertheless, I take all of these slings and arrows gladly for you. I take them for our movement so that we can have our country back. I knew this day would arrive. It's only a question of when. And I knew the American people would rise above it and vote for the future they deserve. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force strong enough to save our country is us. The only people brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. I didn't need to do this, folks, believe me. I built a great company, and I had a wonderful life. I could have enjoyed the fruits and benefits of years of successful business deals and businesses for myself and my family, instead of going through this absolute horror show of lies, deceptions, malicious attacks. Who would have thought? I'm doing it because this country has given me so much, and I feel so strongly that it's my turn to give back to the country that I love. I'm doing this for the people and for the movement, and we will take back this country for you, and we will make America great again. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key 
Sit watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans With Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams And it almost fell at the Alamo Beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg And the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag On Flanders Field in World War I She got a big hole from a Bertha gun She turned blood red in World War II She hung limp and low a time or two She was in Korea, Vietnam She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam She waves from our ships upon the briny foam And now they've about quit waving back here at home In her own good land here she's been abused She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused And the government for which she stands Is scandalized throughout the land And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin But she's in good shape for the shape she's in She's been through the fire before And I believe she can take a whole lot more So we raise her up every morning We take her down every night We don't let her touch the ground And we fold her up right On second thought I do like to brag Cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old
The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference. Nothing worth doing ever came easy. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. The future belongs to the people who follow their heart no matter what the critics say. We must always remember that we share one home and one glorious destiny. We all bleed the same red blood of patriots. We all salute the same great American flag. Our best days are yet to come. drum that harkers me back to exactly how this country got started. When you think about how patriots got together in taverns, when patriots got together in houses along rivers and creeks, when you think about how the United States Marine Corps got started in a place called Tons Tavern, this is where we are right now in our country. We need to meet in places and start talking about restoring our liberty and fighting against a tyrannical government. It starts right here. It starts right now with each one of you that's gathered here today. This is what America's about. This is what America's about when it comes to understanding that it is equal opportunity versus equal achievement. And take this country back and put it back on the right track of the principles and values that it was established upon. You're complicit. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault up there. It's okay to come out here and cheerlead. But you better get your butts out there and understand it's a fight and you better be willing to fight for this country. America was founded by the original insurgents. A bunch of farmers, a bunch of people, men and women dedicated and said to the British, we're not living under your tyranny. Now we've got to come back and do it again. We got tricked in 2008. But let me tell you something, we're going to take Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals and we're going to turn it on them and we're going to drive it through them and we're going to take this country back. How many people out there are former servicemen and servicewomen in the United States military? Let me tell you something, God bless you all, but look, we took an oath. And that oath said that we will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and to bear true faith and allegiance to the same. There's no statute of limitations on that oath. And tonight, every one of you needs to take that oath. This election is a defining moment for the United States of America, for the future and the legacy from which we go on. If you're not willing, as a great man said in December 1776, these are the times that try men's souls. When the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from his duties. If you're here to shrink away from the duties, there's a door. Get out. But if you're here to stand up, to get your musket, 
to fix your bayonet and to charge into the ranks, you are my brother and sister in this fight. For the future and the legacy of that young lady right there, because I will not go down and tell my children that I didn't have the courage, the conviction, the commitment, or the character to fight for this country. Don't go home and let your children down. You leave here today, charge! Thank you so much. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed his faithful lightning up his terrible listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.